Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. HS, its employees, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. 580 Live is presented by Thornhill Automotive and is broadcast live from the Parmar Stores studio. From the studios of West Virginia Radio Corporation, the country, the United States of America, the state, West Virginia, the city, Charleston, this is 580 Live, and your host of 580 Live. What we've got here is failure to communicate. He's kind of a big deal. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Dave Allen. 580 Live is brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group from the Parmar Stores Studio. Welcome to the show. 304-345-5858. Text 304-935-5008. The always charming Caitlin Murphy serving as our producer today. Coming up on the show a little bit later on, Brad, uh, Brad McElhaney from the Metro News Radio Network is going to join us. Uh, what, a, uh, what a week it's been in the second day of the week. Uh, at the uh, legislature, and Brad's going to join us in the second segment to uh, break that down. Plus, uh, we'll have plenty of time for your phone calls and text at 304-345-5858. Text 304-935-5008. Of course, so we do the show from uh, the uh, Parmar Store Studio. If you don't have a Parmar uh, store in your neighborhood, don't worry, you will soon. And when you do, make sure you get your Parmar Rewards Card. Great deals, including Coke 12-ounce, six-packs models, two for $4, and Jelly Belly sugar-free gum. Buy one, get one Free. 304 345 5858. Text 304 935 What a welcome into the show, Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am doing great. Good morning to you. It's a beautiful day in Charleston, West Virginia. It is indeed. First day of spring was a couple of days ago and a little cloud cover, but I am I'm absolutely loving this weather. What we're not loving, sir, though, is scams. And I want to we bring you in about once a month to talk about some of the latest scams that are going on. Uh, one of the most recent ones that your uh, office put out some information on had to do with phone calls where, um, uh, from what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, individuals claiming to be with the Social Security Administration. And this is not something new. This has been going on, but it's kind of a different twist on it, I guess. Folks call our elderly uh, saying they're with the Social Security Administration, and they tell the person that answers that their account has been frozen or somehow compromised, and then they threaten the person uh, with arrest. Uh, you know, First of all, no one from the Social Security Administration, if that were to be true, which it's not, is going to make a phone call uh, like that. But sadly, Mr. Attorney General, sometimes people do fall for it. Well, that's exactly right, and we want to always educate consumers that even if you think that the person calling is legitimate, 
take down a number, then look up in the phone book, get the right number to call to know whether something's legitimate or not. Never, ever, ever provide your personal identifiable information, credit card information, bank account information, or social security number to someone who you don't know and trust. And you need to be very careful about this because these scammers are quite good. They're going to make it seem like if you don't do something right now, uh, they're going to get you thrown in the pokey. That's not true. That's not the way it works. But every year we do hear stories of people falling prey to it. Just recently we heard about West Virginia consumers reported losses. Some people reported losses of $3,000 or more, and that's a real problem. So we want to get the word out. Uh, do not, under any circumstances, give out your Social Security ID number, your bank account information, and just let us know and spread that word. This is something that comes around from time to time, but the people are quite good who uh, perform these scams, and you want to be on guard for them. Absolutely. And and it's important to know, uh, Mr. Attorney General, that people, if they if they would contact you, and they're not going to contact you in, in that form uh, if there were to be a problem like that, but they should already have any contact information from you that they need. Or obviously, I mean, you know, they you wouldn't have to give that to them. And sometimes when I understand, they're asking people to verify. And I've even heard stories of they'll, you know, start with maybe a couple of numbers and say, you know, could you verify this? Or, or you know, they'll throw out a number. And say, well, my so you know, we have your social security number as two blah blah blah, and then automatically your response is to step up to say, uh, no, that's not right. My social security number is. Well, that's exactly right, and, and actually, where we've heard it, sometimes they say that they get the call. Maybe they have the last four digits of your social security number, so people think it's legitimate, and it's not. And so you have to make sure. Once again, I, I know it, this may sound cynical, but don't take any of those inbound calls and give information. There is good contact information if you think there's a problem, whether you're talking about the Social Security office, our office, the IRS. You can call them directly. And I know, unfortunately, our office is quick in responding. Sometimes these government bureaucracies take a while to pick up, but that's a far better approach than giving any unsolicited information away. You um, put some information out there about the uh, – it's kind of like a, uh, a top ten list, of you will. Uh, so I'm going to go all David Letterman on you here for you. Uh, the top ten uh, – or the top few, I should say, list of consumer complaints over the last year is here in the Metro Valley, and that consists of Kanawha, Putnam, uh, Cabell, and Wayne Counties. Uh, so we're going to kind of count them down in reverse. One of those – and you can stop me at any time, sir uh, – one of those is telephone services. That's one of the complaints that made the list of the, uh, of the, the top ones. What kind of complaints do you get about telephone services? Well, telephone services, sometimes people don't get good coverage. Now, telephone services, when you're talking landline and cell, these are PSC-related issues, but we get a ton of them uh, because people have worried about the quality of the connection, number one. Number two, they actually worry about customer service. Uh, We've had a lot of complaints about the responsiveness or lack thereof from some of the local telephone companies. And uh, because we uh, deal with a lot of consumer complaints on the Internet, those calls sometimes go hand in hand. So we take them. We, of course, try to refer them over to the PSC. But uh, this is something we put on the list because we do get a lot of it, even if we refer that over to another state agency. Some of the other ones on the list, uh, home repairs, landlord and tenant issues, um, used vehicles, cell phone devices and services, general sales issues, 
issues, used vehicle repairs, cable TV, and in the number one slot, drum roll, Internet services, which in the year of 2020, now into 2021, the year of COVID, I suppose, sir, that's no surprise. No, it's no surprise. And uh, every day we spend time and we know that we've been pushing these companies really hard. People may remember we had the uh, settlement with Frontier that was designed to make big progress. It did make some progress, but I'll tell you what, and that was $160 million. Imagine if we didn't help force that investment in the state, what kind of condition we'd be in. Uh, but that's, it's a real problem. We have to take steps to bring more competition. I think a lot of these issues stem, especially on the Internet, stem from the fact that we don't have adequate competition. And you could have uh, all the monopolies you want. When you have a monopoly, people are not going to be responsive. And that's been part of the problem on the Internet side. So please call our office, let us know. We will work to make sure you get the service that you paid for. But I can also tell you the bigger press has to be let's get more broadband infrastructure developed and let's have multiple companies competing for your service. Because then if you don't get what you want, if you don't get your uh, phone call returned and if you're on hold forever or if the broadband speed is not what you want, walk with your feet. That's the situation we have to get to. I keep putting pressure on the feds and the state. Those are changes that have to occur legislatively and with resources, and we need to make that happen. Talking with Attorney General Patrick Morrissey in 580 Live, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group. Uh, this one is a little complicated, and we'll switch gears from scams and complaints. Uh, you, along with the Attorney Generals of, uh, uh, of Arizona and Georgia, are leading a 21-state coalition which, from what I understand, um, you're seeking um, uh, what would you call um, immediate confirmation that the most recent COVID stimulus bill doesn't, as the release says, and this is a quote, strip the states of their well-established authority to tax or to not not tax their citizens. Now, this was a letter to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, uh, where you say basically without an interpretation by her department – that the legislation is an unconstitutional intrusion of state sovereignty. In layman's terms, (laughs) for people like me, uh, Mr. Attorney General, what what exactly are you saying by this? Absolutely. What we're saying is that if you're going to write a big check from the federal government, that invokes federal spending power. We're saying that there are limitations to that spending power, and you cannot coerce a state into forfeiting one of its core constitutional functions – the right to drive tax policy in exchange for a, for a massive check from the federal government. When you do that, that represents coercion in its worst form, and the case law and the Constitution would suggest that that's not permissible. So we believe that because this provision goes so far, it's not even a direct prohibition on using the money for tax cuts. It's saying that if any net revenue, and you can invoke indirectly if the money indirectly would be used. Well, money's fungible in West Virginia. The state budget moves money around all the time. Mm-hmm. If you're going to put something in place for any loss in net revenue, well, imagine, uh, Dave, if you not only lower the income tax, what happens if you do the neighborhood tax credit uh, or some other tax policy, you lower the revenue? Imagine if the valuations, the property valuations in the state Uh, on utilities and companies goes down, are we going to be subject to a clawback from the federal government? I sure as hope not. And I'm going to work with my colleagues across the country to make sure that West Virginia's sovereignty is respected, that its ability to tax or not tax, as the the case may be, is not 
threatened. And we are awaiting for a response today. And if we don't hear that response, we're going to be in court. How would you like to have seen uh, seen it handled? How, how could it have been handled that would have, in your eyes, been that would have followed the letter of the law? I, I think if they just had a direct prohibition and they didn't make this argument about indirect monies, it would have been a lot smoother. Because I think that you can say if a federal purpose is to provide money for COVID relief, the courts and the case law would respect that. But when you say that the goal is not just to provide the money, but to bar the use of a core constitutional function, that's not permissible. So I think it's the indirect provision that's a real problem. And you cannot get to a situation where you're telling a state legislature that you can't use one of your core authorities. I mean, think about the concept of freezing a state legislature into not lowering any of its taxes. I'm not even talking about, hey, we're raising and lowering some. What happens if you're making a number of changes and every year you make changes? Are you going to be frozen out of that? That passes the coercion test and we have to strip that away. What would you say, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here, sir, um, what would you say if um, people would say that, well, maybe you may not have viewed it had there been somebody other than Joe Biden in the White House. Would, would, Would your opinion have been the same? Of course the opinion is the same, and I think people know that I filed suits against the federal government regardless of who was in the White House. I mean, people may remember one of the reasons why we forced a major change in the national drug quota rules is because we sued in 2017. And now a lot of that was the problems that emerged under the Obama administration, but we will take action and defend the rule of law whenever uh, it implicates West Virginia sovereignty or West Virginia interest. And this is a clear example that West Virginia and all states across the country deserve to have flexibility about how they're going to manage their finances. Once again, you can put a direct bar in place. You cannot basically stop their taxing power. And I would say that that's wrong no matter who does it. Well, and and I will say that uh, in all fairness, as I said, there were um, it was the attorney generals of Arizona and Georgia, and I believe it was twenty one, twenty two, uh, right? twenty one other states. And I and and I would say that not all of those states uh, voted for Trump, um, you know, uh, as West Virginia did. So my point is there is is that uh, not all of those states were going along just along the Republican lines. I wouldn't think because I don't. I no, wouldn't think that all those be, states. By the way, this shouldn't be a partisan issue. Right. It, remember, states across the country are losing this power, and it affects all of the states, Mm -hmm. not just red states, even though I think more red states than blue states are thinking about some tax changes. But still, I think it goes too far. We have to send a message. When you're talking about this one-party rule that's emerged, this one-party know-it-all rule in Washington, I can tell you they're moving a little too fast. They're making mistakes. They may not be sensitive to all the rules of the road. And we're going to be there to catch them on it. That's one of my jobs as the AG of West Virginia. And once again, we have a pretty good batting average in court. I look to what's happening, what's the impact on the state, how does it impact jobs. And in this case, having that flexibility, I think, will be really important so West Virginia can enact the policies it needs in order to attract more people to the Mountain State and keep the jobs that we have and grow. Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, it's always a pleasure, sir. Uh, we will talk to – oh, uh, yeah, I need to throw out your contact information. We, let's go back to the scams for a couple moments. People see something that doesn't seem right. They're getting these phone calls, whatever. What do they need to do? Please call 
888-888-8808. And look, I know everyone listening is in the uh, capital region in the Kanawha Valley. Come to our office. We're working hard around the clock. We're available, and we work for you. We take that very seriously, and we're busy doing a lot of good work. We're going to have some new opioid news this week. We uh, have been following the Purdue settlement. More money just came in the door in terms of that bankruptcy process, but we need to continue to fight to make sure West Virginia gets its appropriate share. All right, uh, Patrick Morrissey, Attorney General, we will talk to you again soon. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, my friend. Be well. Thank you. 925-580 Live brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group, home of the Thornhill Motor Mile in Thornhill, Mitsubishi, where the madness has arrived. Thornhill, Mitsubishi offering mad savings on the remaining 2020 models. Shop mad savings now, thornhillmitsubishi.com, and on the Thornhill Motor Mile in Chapmanville. We will take a break. Brad McElhenney for the Metro News Radio Network joins us next under the dome. This is 580 Live from the Parmar Store Studios on the Voice of Charleston, WCHS. Thornhill Auto Group is excited to introduce our newest addition to our automotive family, the all-new Thornhill Toyota on the Thornhill Motor Mile in Chapmanville, WB. That's right, Thornhill is now your number one destination for new or pre-owned Toyotas. We're eager to put the spotlight and the Thornhill touch on one of the safest, most dependable lines of vehicles on the market. Toyota, now open in the existing location off US 119 near Chapmanville. Shop the Thornhill Motor Mile and the all-new Thornhill Toyota. Hi, I'm David McCormick, owner of Omega Commercial Interiors. The events of this year sure did offer some clarity, but I'm happy to leave it all in a rearview mirror. Renew your business in 2021. Upgrade your office space. A fresh start begins with space planning and new office furniture from Omega Commercial Interiors, West Virginia's leading office furniture supplier. Remember, buy local. And when you need office furniture, call us or visit us online at omegacommercialinteriors.com. Looking for auto, home, business, life, or health insurance? At Capital Insurance Group, they represent multiple insurance carriers, and this helps you save big. The average customer saves over $700 when making the switch to Capital Insurance Group, and they work with carriers you know like Nationwide, Allstate, Liberty Mutual, Progressive, Travelers, and many more. Mention the words Big Check Express to win a gift card from a local business. Call Capital Insurance Group at 304-346-5232 to get started today and learn more online at CIGWV.com. After the recent market volatility, are you wondering if your investments could use an adjustment? I'm John Burdett with 4th Avenue Financial. Give me a call today for a free consultation, 304-746-7977. Don't let the next downturn alter the plans you've made. Let's work together to build a portfolio that works for you. Learn more at 4thAvenueFinancial.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, J.W. Cole Financial, J.W. Cole Advisors, and 4th Avenue Financial are unaffiliated entities. Nine twenty-seven, five eighty-nine for the Parmar Store Studios in Charleston. Brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group. 304-345-5858. Text 304-935-5008. Brad McElhenney for the Metro News Radio Network. Standing by. We're going to get to him in just a couple of seconds. Uh, quick uh, text, uh, Dave. To your question of the Attorney General, would he be doing this if Trump had done this? The answer is no. Can he be any more disingenuous? The answer also no. Liar, liar, pants on fire. According to a texter. <laughs> 
keeping it uh, adult there. Tex Morrissey's 100% right. You can see it in the bill which bails out union pension funds and poorly run Democrat cities with no strings attached, but put handcuffs on red states from lowering tax rates without being penalized by the federal government. That is according to a tech. Let's go to Brad McElhenney. Brad, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Dave. Good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, man. Uh, you and I were texting uh, back and forth earlier, and uh, I think you said something to the effect of, what a week it's been, and it's it's on, only Tuesday. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to, but I want to talk about, there was a meeting held, Brad, uh, yesterday with, uh, with Governor Justice and uh, several uh, business leaders uh, on his upcoming tax plan. Uh, tell us a little bit about who was there. There were some interesting names that I saw, one you ha- actually hadn't heard from in a while, one that was a former opponent of uh, of Governor Justice. Your thoughts, how did it go down, man? Yeah, well, there were two meetings at once. One was the House Finance Committee passing its version of an income tax bill, uh, one that is that has the same overall goal as the governor, but takes a different approach. That was beginning at 4 p.m. yesterday, and by 5, the House Finance had passed that out, going to the floor now. Mm-hmm. But at the same moment, the governor was having this, technically the table was not round, but it was a round table of supporters of his version of the income tax proposal. And, you know, yeah, you, you alluded to this. Some of those names were pretty interesting, people who have been his political rivals over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to, to go back into the governor's history, he ran as a Democrat. Uh, Bill Cole, who had been the Senate president, was his Republican opponent in 2016. Justice was the winner, but there was Bill Cole, who does run a Bluefield car dealership, and car dealerships in some other locations, yes. too, mm-hmm. uh, providing his support for the governor's version of this income tax proposal. Uh, and then Woody Thrasher, who had been Justice's Commerce Secretary. Uh, They wound up on the outs. Thrasher tried to win the Republican primary for governor last spring. Uh, Justice beat him, but there was Thrasher back and in action. And, you know, should you happen to forget the the political history of Mitch Carmichael and the governor, uh, it was Carmichael who was sort of emceeing this roundtable. And I've lost track of time. So many things have happened. But at one point, (laughs) maybe as recently as, as... this time last spring or the spring before that, Carmichael was saying he could not get behind the governor's reelection campaign. Mm-hmm. They were just at odds on, on so many things. And, and he changed his tune, got with the governor's program, now is an employee of the Justice Administration, and w- was joining Bill Cole, the old Senate president, Woody Thrasher, the old Commerce Secretary, and Jim Justice himself uh, to try to promote this justice-backed income tax plan. Who else was uh, was involved in the meeting? That, uh, uh, that I, I'm assuming it was streamed. I did not. I did not watch it, or did not did not uh, see it, or hear it, or, or whatever. Who else was involved? It was streamed, and there were a, a variety of business figures around the state. Um, one of them was was Larry Puccio, and it's interesting to see Larry Puccio in the same room supporting the same the same policy as Mitch Carmichael, Bill Cole, and, and these others, but. Uh, Puccio is a businessman, uh, mm-hmm. as well as having been a former uh, Democratic chairman in the, in the state, and mm-hmm. as well as having been the force behind Justice's reelection campaign. Uh, but others were um, the, the owners of other businesses, other car dealerships. Uh, Chris Miller was was among the car dealers who was there. Uh, Who's also, um, by the way, his name they, has also been been linked to possible political aspirations. 
there were there were a few like that, past and present. Present Dave Arnold, who uh, you know runs runs one of the big whitewater companies. Uh, there were lobbyists for broadband companies, lobbyists for power companies, uh, and, and so a variety of business interests. And I, I think this was supposed to be kind of a counter programming to the Chamber of Commerce and to the Business and Industry Council and others that have. Uh, come out with with real concerns about the taxes that will go up and and taxes that will be broadened under the justice plan, uh, as well as, you know, there are, uh, if you were a sole proprietor or or organized, kind of like the sole proprietor, you were not receiving the benefits. You're not, your business that is is structured that way is not going to get an income tax cut the way individual filers would. So, so those have been those have been the criticisms from a lot of elements of the West Virginia business community. Uh, justice was bringing together other elements of the business community, and and the message was really interesting. It was these people who have gathered with me today are giving you the honest truth, but those other business representatives, those other lobbyists, are uh, essentially lying to you, or being slick, or watching out for their own self interest. Uh, so, I, you know, as somebody without skin in either side of that, I, I watch it with real interest because I, you know, I run across all these people and have respect for them. Um, you know, all the people in the room with justice, uh, you know, represent their their entities, their their sectors to the best of their ability. Uh, but you know, I, I would say the same of the people on the outside, the Farm Bureau, uh, not not slick lobbyists, but mm-hmm. have criticisms of this plan. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce, the, the, the people with the Business and Industry Council, they're all people with stakes in West Virginia who, who see it their way. Uh, one of the things that Cole said was, uh, it surprises me that these business interests, meaning the Chamber of Commerce and the Farm Bureau and, and the Business and Industry Council, and frankly, so many special interest groups, look, nobody likes change, Cole said, through the legislative process, the constituency groups, the special interest groups, have the opportunity to air their side. And, and I mean, that's, that's an okay point to make. But when I heard that, I thought, well, that is what they're doing. They, they you know, the chamber came out with, with bullet point by bullet point and gave it to the legislature and said, these are our issues with this. Uh, Bick did the same thing. So did the Farm Bureau. Uh, so, uh, you know, <laughs> there's this talking past uh, and, and also minimizing of the other guy's position that I, I just don't, I'm, I'm not on the vibe at the moment. Do you feel, and we're talking with Brad McElhenney, our capital correspondent for the Metro News Radio Network. Brad, do you feel that um, the governor um, here as of late, I mean, whether he's talking about the vaccinations, which I'll get to after we cut you loose, but uh, when he talked, was talking about the vaccinations and he's saying things like um, for the people that are, uh, that have concerns about the vaccines and he says, don't listen to the garbage and that, and then he kind of used similar language uh, talking about the people that are against his plan, the way he wants to go about the, the reduction and eventually removal of the state income tax. Do you feel like uh, that that he's, he's amping it up a little bit in his, uh, in in his comments and, and maybe using a little bit stronger language and by stronger language, I don't mean cursing or anything like that, but I mean uh, making, you know, putting the exclamation point at the end of the sentences these days. Well, the governor's rhetorical tactics are what they are. I mean, he he uses many of the same rhetorical tools to push his position on, on whatever it may be, but the, the effort on COVID, which has been admittedly strong, uh, goes right into the income tax. You know, the governor feels like 
West Virginia has been on a roll, has handled this well, uh, that, that his political capital is up because people have trusted him and have believed he's done a good job, uh, and that West Virginia has gotten national attention. I mean, there's hardly a day that goes by that he is not on CNN sure. or Fox or CNBC, and he feels like that momentum he's made clear in his comments can lead into this income tax issue, which, you know, it's, it's a different kind of thing. One is a public health crisis. The other is an economic policy, but, but he feels like, you know, let's, let's continue to gain national attention and have this momentum and make a splash while we've got it. Uh, And then as you alluded, pushes back on, on those who uh, cast any kind of doubt. Yeah, well, and that's and that's certainly within his right. Uh, Twenty three minutes away from ten, uh, and I'll, I'll cover this a little bit more because I know you have uh, things to do. But uh, uh, any quick thoughts on the situation with uh, we have uh, now a case of COVID within the Capitol walls? Brandon Steele, Republican from Raleigh County, testing positive. Uh, some of those around him uh, did uh, some uh, some self quarantining. Uh, delegate Higginbotham of Putnam County was one of those. I actually talked to uh, Joshua Higginbotham, the delegate, earlier today. He tells me he's tested uh, negative uh, and plans to be back on the job. Um, you know, I don't know uh, Delegate Steele personally. I've, I've been around him a few times. I don't really know him that well. Uh, he's one. I think that uh, I've heard reports, and you're there. I'm not. Um, heard reports that maybe he was one of the folks that, that didn't regularly wear a mask. May or may not be true. I don't know. Um, your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, good to hear that Delegate Higginbotham tested negative. He does sit right in front of Delegate Steele during floor sessions. Uh, and that's the kind of thing more broadly that I've been kind of watching for. Is this an isolated incident with Delegate Steele, or is it possible that you've got some more in there? Uh, but, but the first thing is that if Delegate Higginbotham is tested negative, that, that's a, a great sign that maybe it's, maybe it's not going to be that widespread. Sure, hope not. Yeah. Uh, Delegate Steele, I, I saw typically during floor sessions uh, wearing a legitimate mask and typically being careful with it. Um, now, now, delegates and senators will take off those masks so that they can be heard clearly yeah. when they are addressing the rest of the chamber. Yeah, and that was brought uh, and, up by Amy Summers on Hoppy's show uh, yesterday. I think she she said that uh, uh, that there were uh, that, that that he he only took off the mask to um, uh, uh, to speak. And so, if I if I am wrong uh, uh, about that, I definitely would apologize to Delegate Steele. I'm basing it on different things I've read. As in, I'm not there. I don't get to watch these things throughout the day. You do, so uh, so go ahead. Well, there are, there are certainly others who have been more casual uh, on the floor wearing masks that are not legitimate masks or. Uh, using using the rules to sort of skirt uh, the, the mask rule to say, well, I'm, I'm eating, I'm drinking, I'm always eating and drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the back offices, the times I've been there, I have noticed that, you know, even even lawmakers who are not intentionally flouting the rules can become very casual sort of in the common areas. And, and I think that's a matter of up until now, there's been no problem. Your tendency is to relax. The public has not really been there. Uh, so there has been some some loosening among others. Uh, Delegate Steele did tell me, you know, he, he has made plenty of public comments relating generally to vaccine skepticism. Mm-hmm. And, and and he did acknowledge to me on the phone that he had not gotten the vaccine uh, and then alluded to some some personal health issues that I'm not going right. to get into yeah. that much yeah. that, that, that indicate he believes he, he cannot take a vaccine. Um, so that's that's not only personal, but but a little bit complicated. 
and I'm not a medical professional. But the bottom line is he didn't get the vaccine, uh, so now he does have COVID uh, and is, is quarantining at home. I mean, he's being responsible in that way. Sure. Um, but it's it's complicated the session and uh, threw, threw things, to my mind, for into a little bit of uncertainty as we come down the home stretch here. But if, if other other elected officials are getting tested and are testing negative, then that would be a good sign that things may be relatively normal down the stretch. Brad McElhenney, you always do a fantastic job, my friend, of uh, covering the legislature. Um, you know, you're a great follow on, on Twitter and, and the things you do with uh, uh, with TalkLine, your stories at WVMetroNews.com. Uh, I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to join us, bud. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate right. it. We'll talk soon. Brad McElhenney, 20 minutes. Make that about 19 minutes away from 10. Uh, 580 Live brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group. And you can call us or text us. The rest of the show is yours. i got some text to get to at 304-345-5858. Text 304-935-5008. You can also check me out on Twitter. It's at Dave A70 or on Facebook, Dave Allen Broadcaster. Back after this, 580 Live brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group from the Parmar Store Studio on the Voice of Charleston, WCHS. Let's go places. Hey, it's Sydney from the Thornhill Auto Group. We are excited to announce and welcome Toyota to the Thornhill Automotive family of dealerships. Your total automotive dealer just got bigger and we're eager for the new opportunity to continue serving Southern West Virginia and Eastern Kentucky with a great new Toyota product. The Thornhill family welcomes some familiar, friendly staff, plus a few new smiling faces. Same location, brand new name, the all-new Thornhill Toyota is here. Visit us online at thornhilltoyotawv.com and on the Thornhill Motor Mile, U.S. 119 Chapmanville. Mardi Gras Casino and Resort is excited to announce yet another reason to come visit the hottest entertainment destination in town. We've reopened Cafe Orleans. You asked for it, you got it. Grab a cheesesteak or a couple of chili dogs and join the party. Not only do we have all your favorite slots and table games, we also offer heart-pounding Greyhound Racing and West Virginia's own Bentley Sportsbook, where you can watch and wager on the NCAA tournament. We're a real casino with real rewards. Join the party at Mardi Gras Casino and Resort. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. St. Albans Mayor Scott James invites you to put St. Albans on your list of exciting places to be in 2021. From tasty treats, sports bars, and trendy coffee shops to formal meals, you'll want to put dining in St. Albans on the menu of places to go. No wonder St. Albans was named fifth out of 380 best places to live in the state by Homesnacks.com. Whatever your taste, it's all here all year long in St. Albans. Go to stalbanswv.com. Hey, you're smart. You filed your income tax early and got that return. Cha-ching! Way to go. Want to be smarter? Use your tax return to take care of your Kanawha County property taxes. You must pay your current year's taxes by Wednesday, April 1st, or guess what? They'll be delinquent, and you'll pay a penalty, meaning you'll pay more. Not smart. Stay smart. Stay current. Go online to KanawhaSheriff.us to pay your property taxes and avoid penalties. KanawhaSheriff.us. Live brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group of the Parmar Stores Studio. Kayla Murphy served as our producer. 304-345-5858. Text 304-935-5008. I mentioned uh, we do now have a case of COVID within the Capitol walls. Brandon Steele, as Brad and I were talking about, a Republican from Raleigh County has tested positive. Uh, some of those around him, including Delegate Higginbotham, uh, said they were self-isolating. As I mentioned, I did talk to Delegate Higginbotham earlier this morning. He tells me he tested negative. There were two senators, uh, Martin of Lewis County and Cypress. 
Leopold of Preston, self-quarantining after being with Delegate Steele, various meetings and so on and so forth. It is reported Senator Martin is one of those who refused to wear a face covering on the floor. I, again, I'm saying it's been reported as that. The um, Democrats, of course, uh, taking the opportunity to call them to task, Senator uh, Stephen Baldwin, along with uh, Senator Dr. Ron Stallings and Delegate Doug Scaff says uh, if uh, more positive cases are found, the session should be suspended. Delegate Scaff said 86 of the 100 delegates in the House have received their vaccine. That's a that's a pretty impressive number, in my opinion, that 86 out of the 100 uh, have received the vaccine. Senator Baldwin said that in the Senate, 25 or 26 of the 34 have been vaccinated. Now, the uh, Democrats referenced a letter that Speaker Hanshaw and Senate President Blair sent out last week that face coverings are required and that we are still under the governor's mask mandate requiring face coverings in all buildings and that refusal could lead could lead to the legislators being removed by the doorkeepers and Capitol Police. It uh, is worth noting I have not heard of that happening uh, at this particular uh, time. Um, and, you know, you know how it is with the mask thing. I mean, we're a year into this thing now, and uh, it's become a part of, of society pretty much. Um, and it doesn't matter how you how you necessarily feel about it. Um, it's it's where we are. And that has not been lifted. And you have to wear a mask pretty much anywhere you go. I've seen, again, I'm not, I've said on the show before, I'm not out as much as a lot of people are. Uh, but I will tell you that I, in stopping, you know, at the local convenience store and, and, and going to a, a post office or a grocery store or so on and so forth, um, I see very few people without masks. Very, very few. And if that's the rules that were laid down, Within the Capitol, those are the rules that should be followed, in my opinion. Um, uh, that you know, again, uh, that's that's just the way it is. I mean, your places of employment. Uh, I can tell you uh, at this particular uh, business, um, it when and and I, you know, again, I'm only here to do my show, and I don't hang out here. But um, when I come in, masks are on. Um, all it's 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 required by, uh, by by this corporation, West Virginia Radio, that uh, everyone that enters this building to have a mask. Uh, when I see people, as I said, walking up and down the hall or uh, going to the restroom or whatever, they've got a mask on. Uh, people come into the uh, to the studio. I don't have a lot of guests in here, but I have the mayor on and I have Pushkin on, or I have uh, various other people from time to time. They have their mask on until they sit down behind the microphone, which is covered by, you know, these giant plexiglass shields here. My guest uh, areas are, and the guests also for the other uh, shows, if they have people in studio as well, ask the experts and, and weekly show and so on and so forth. It, it's just a part of society now. Um, and and I, I don't I, I don't understand with all due respect to some of my good friends that are in the legislature I, I don't I just don't understand I mean it's 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 where we are it's what everybody else is doing uh, text day the House of Delegates enjoys eighty six percent vaccination rate uh, there will not be a widespread outreach because the vaccine works remember question mark uh, and I brought this up on the show before there is a thing known as the capital crud and no it has nothing to do with the decisions of lawmakers the capital crud has been a thing long 
you know, going back for a long, long time. And basically what it means is, is that generally speaking, the legislatures, you know, are held unless they're in special session. They come in in January or some cases we saw this year in February. Uh, they're all together, um, you know, 100 in the in the uh, in the House and, uh, and the others uh, in the Senate and in the committee rooms and things go around. You know, and you are in flu season, um, pre-COVID. This is you know January, February, March. This is when the experts say it's the it's the time. So you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of of sickness anyway. That's why it has its own name, the capital crud, uh, because it does go around a lot. And uh, so. Um, there you go. Text, uh, no matter how desperately the legislative Democrats or the media, I guess that would be me, uh, want there to be a widespread outbreak to prove some kind of mask point, it's not going to happen. The vaccine is one of the most effective vaccines ever invented. The ones at risk are the ones who decline to be vaccinated. Uh, let's see. Uh, Trumpets and the legislature showing their stupidity according to a texter. Uh, text Dave, what do all the people at that roundtable that was held yesterday have in common? Well, they're business leaders. Uh, you know, that's, uh, But it's interesting to note, though, as Brad pointed out, that yes, indeed, uh, they are the ones that took part in that yesterday are business leaders, but there's just as many business leaders involved with the State Chamber of Commerce and the Business and Industry Council that have spoken out against it. So to say that it was only business leaders in there, and I said it was a group of business leaders, but, you know, you had just as many business leaders involved in the smaller businesses, Brad mentioned sole proprietors and things of that nature, uh, that have um, that have gone on record speaking out against it. Um, so, you, I mean, I guess you could weigh the level of what size of business leader they are, whether they're a big business leader or a small business leader. But the bottom line is, in West Virginia, as across the country, uh, the, uh, the average um, – there are more small businesses than there are large businesses. Now, granted, the big businesses are the ones that that um, that, that pay the most and and, and employ the most people. Uh, but I, you know, statistically, the average uh, business in America employs something like twenty or less people. You know, um, and many, uh, especially in the era of people doing more remote uh, working from home and things of that nature, so there are businesses that have one or two people, uh, if even uh, if even that. Uh, text Dave, me and my family have been passed up on the last two stimulus checks. I was able to get my second stimulus on my tax refund, which I still haven't received yet. Everybody around me got theirs immediately. I don't understand what the deal is. We really need this money. Do you have any information that may lead me to much-needed answers? Uh, no, I do not. I'm sorry, I, I, I do not. Um, I have seen on you know social media where people have commented uh, uh, that they got their stimulus. I've never quite understood why people, and again, it's personal preference, feel the need to to air their financial things on social media. Uh, but, hey, I'm the guy that just d- does nothing but post pictures of, you know, cheeseburgers and things like that. So I guess it's your social media. You can do what you want. But, no, to answer the texture, uh, I, uh, I, I I do not. Uh, text, uh, off topic for today, but do you know when the work on Corridor G will be completed? The South Hills elite cannot be inconvenienced any longer. I think that was a little little tongue in cheek there. Hating on the folks from South Hills, man. What's up with that? Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back with more. Uh, the governor says fairs and festivals can return by May first. We'll talk about that and your phone calls and text three zero four three four five fifty eight fifty eight. Text three zero four nine three five five zero zero eight five eighty live. Brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group from the Parmar Store Studio and the Voice of Charleston WCHS. 
Hey, it's Sydney from the Thornhill Motor Mile. The madness has made it to March, and it's time to beat the clock. Thornhill Mitsubishi is offering mad savings on all remaining 2020 models. Some play games with their pricing, hidden fees, hidden figures, not at Thornhill. Check out our everyone buys price. No gimmicks, all can drive for the same price. So if it's dependability, affordability, and safety you're looking for, it's time to hit the road to total savings at the Thornhill Motor Mile. Shop mad savings now at thornhillmitsubishi.com. Here for you then and now with miles of cars in between. The road to total savings starts with Thornhill. Parmar Convenience Store's focus is to support local schools and local communities with our 30-plus locally owned stores in the Valley. Parmar Convenience Stores offer monthly product specials and grab-and-go items located just down the street from where you live. Parmar Stores are all about being your above-par convenience store. If you don't have a Parmar Convenience Store near you now, you will soon. Parmar Convenience Stores, neighbors serving your community and making life a little bit easier every day. Your bank shouldn't make you feel like you're on an assembly line. It's about you, your family, your future. That's why you're going to feel good about Polka Valley Bank. Because people have been feeling good about us for over 100 years. Bottom line, we have all the services of a big bank, but we're local. At Polka Valley Bank, our decision-making is local. Our people get to know you and call you by name. It's a relationship with a bank that you can feel good about. See us online at polkavalleybank.com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Boating season is over, and it's time to stop in and see Trojan Landing Marine's large inventory featuring new 2021 arrivals and end-of-the-season deals on 2020 models. Whether you like fishing, water skiing, or just cruising down the river with family and friends, Trojan Landing has the largest selection of surf and ski boats, fishing boats, and is also the fastest-growing pontoon dealer in the state. Check out the brands Chaparral, Robalo, Express Veranda, Sweetwater, Hurricane, and Stingray. Shop 2021 models today at Trojan Landing Marine in Charleston. Live brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group from the Parmar Stores Studio. Get your Parmar's Rewards Cards. You got great deals if you get those. Everybody loves pepperoni rolls, you know, uh, because if you get your Parmar card, uh, you can buy any pepperoni roll and get a 20-ounce Mountain Dew free with your Parmar Rewards Card. The official food of West Virginia is the pepperoni roll. Yes, indeed, uh, it, it is. And, you know, and I want to talk about food. I want to talk about more important. Well, there's no important thing than food. Who am I kidding? You know, the pepperoni rolls even differ depending on what part of the state you go to. The pepperoni rolls in the northern part of the state are not the same, much like the hot dogs with the slaw line, you know, the slaw line uh, that uh, says that, um, you know, people north of here don't eat slaw on hot dogs, which is just insane to me. Uh, and the people, you know, in my part of the world, southern West Virginia and this area, it's, I guess it kind of goes either way, but that's beside the point. Um, uh, the uh, I want to talk about fairs and festivals. Governor saying yesterday that uh, with the precautions, fairs and festivals can return on May first. Now, last year the West Virginia State Fair was uh, canceled, um, and I and I can tell you as um, as somebody. Um, who has has gone to the state fair? My my grandparents were big on going to the state fair, and I, and I've been there several times in my life. Uh, they used to take me when I was a kid, and then as an adult, I've been a few times. I can tell you that the state fair uh, in in Fairley, outside Lewisburg, is going to be one. And who knows where we're going to be in August? Because you know, with with the, in the era of COVID, next week may as well be six to eight months from now because things are constantly changing. 
Um, so who knows? Hopefully, you know, everybody, most people that want a vaccine will have it. By, certainly by the time August rolls around, the president says that uh, we could uh, uh, be gathering uh, somewhat normally for the 4th of July uh, festivities. But I will say this, and having been to the state fair, especially when you're there on a Saturday night and the, and, uh, and the weather's good and they've got the concerts going on, it, it it's it would be very difficult to socially distance. So I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, if they're going to you know cut down on the number of, uh, of of carnival rides and vendors and 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 the thing about the fair that hurt last year, and I don't know how much you know you know about the way the fair works, but uh, a lot of those vendors are not professional carnival people. They are local people. Uh, in the area, 4-H groups and little league teams that operate the concessions, and so so they really lost out last year. And I'm not saying that the fair shouldn't have been canceled. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it was a big loss to a lot of those local groups that depend on things like that. So uh, your local festivals, and some happened last year, and some didn't, but uh, but they can return. Of course, the mayor a couple of weeks ago announcing that live on the levee would happen this year, but we don't have an idea as to uh, when that's going to begin. Certainly not going to. Uh, um, I mean, it doesn't look like I wouldn't think what he went to mayor and her, her staff have said probably would not happen uh, in the time uh, around Memorial Day. It probably would be much later than that. The uh, governor said now everyone can get a vaccine. That's everyone over the age of 16. And why, Caitlin, why am I hearing Oprah, you know, saying uh, you get a vaccine and you get a vaccine. We all get vaccines, according to the governor, that should um, those uh, should be um, uh, available to those that want them. I was talking to a friend of mine last night who uh, is uh, uh, in a military branch, and you know they they can't mandate vaccines, but he he was telling me he said something, to, and I'm kind of paraphrasing. He said something to the effect of, um, "We're not telling you." I think he's he's actually uh, in in the guard. He said, "We're not telling you." That you have to get the vaccine, but yours is scheduled for Wednesday morning at eight thirty. You know, so it's kind of a not necessarily a choice. And I think what's going to happen with the vaccine, and there's going to be people that have refused to get them and will refuse to get them. Employers can't mandate it; they can highly recommend it, but they can't mandate it. I think eventually you are going to get into a situation, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm not exactly a world traveler. That's my wife. That's not me. Uh, that you are – they're going to start asking questions and documentation and things of that nature. Is have you been vac- vaccinated? You know, I don't know. I, I just kind of – I can see where that is going and maybe uh, other arrangements would be made for those that have been allowed to work at home um, that have been vac- uh, you know, vac- vaccinated. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can see it getting to that point because with, with employers and people trying to get back to normal. And the interesting thing about business is that some businesses have found that having employees working from home actually worked out better. And there are a lot of companies that are not going to return to the office because they found that their productivity actually goes up when a number of their employees are at home as opposed to being on the job. We had a text at the end of the show yesterday uh, when I had the um, – uh, the mayor's uh, chief of staff, Matthew Sutton, on the show. And I didn't get the text. It just came in too late. And I want to address it just really, really quick because it came in at the end of the show. And this was on yesterday. It said uh, – uh, even and, and there was a question raised – and we're almost out of time – but there was a question raised uh, about the user fee in Charleston uh, and, and in other cities too that should you have to pay it if you're not actually in Charleston. Well, unfortunately – 
once a tax or some kind of fee like that is put in place, there's no taking it back. It's not going to – it's not temporary, and, and, and entities become dependent on. But the text said, even though I have work from home outside Charleston and I'm not using your streets, your trash, or your officers, I'm still having money stolen from me. It's taxation without representation. Um, you know, it's – that's not going to change, and uh, and I understand completely what the texture was saying, and and I think when I had the chief of staff Matthew Sutton on the mayor, they understand that. Um, but if your business is headquartered here, you're still going to get charged, and it's not just a Charleston thing; it's cities that have user fees nationwide. Uh, my thanks to Attorney General Patrick Morrissey and Brad McElhaney, of course. Hoppy of the news coming up. Caitlin Murphy is always doing a fantastic job as producer, busting my chops every opportunity that she gets. That's what she does. So uh, someone else that uh, I like to go toe-to-toe with, Mike Pushkin, is uh, scheduled to be on the show tomorrow. So we'll have uh, Mr. Pushkin to pick on on the show tomorrow. Have yourself a great Tuesday, folks. Enjoy the nice weather. Till then, have fun. Till tomorrow, have fun. I love somebody. 680 WCHSAM 96.